0: Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur Media. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali Barbecue and Cali Barbecue Media. Want to give a special shout out to Toast, our title sponsor for this show. They are our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants. Thank you for believing in storytelling. We're super excited. This show just launched this year and we've already reached over 7 million people. I can't believe it. I can't believe that we get to interview people like we have today's guest. In life, in the restaurant business, and in the new creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. Today's guest is none other than Rodney Scott. You can find him at Pitmaster Rodney Scott on Instagram. You can find these restaurants at Rodney Scott's barbecue. If you are in the barbecue space, if you are in the food space, you already know who Rodney Scott is. Three, 30 million search results under Rodney Scott. Did you know half of those search results? are under Rodney Scott Barbecue. So I know you're not the only Rodney Scott on Earth, but half of those search results, close to 13 million search results for Rodney Scott Barbecue. Rodney, welcome to the show.
1: Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Wow, I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the, the whole mission of this show is to teach restaurant owners and hospitality professionals the power of storytelling, the power of craft, the craft of what you do in barbecue and what's propelled you to this world stage. Um, You know, you are a best chef by the Southeast for James Beard Award Foundation. You were on Netflix, uh, Chef's Table. You're on the Showtime Billions. Washington Post called you a barbecue celebrity. 2020, you were elected to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, you have an incredible New York Times best selling cookbook, Rodney Scott's World of Barbecue. You have a line of barbecue rubs. You have how many restaurants are we at?
1: We're currently at five restaurants, about to be six.
0: Five coming up on six restaurants. And I feel like you're just getting started. Everything that I've read about you, every interview I've heard, um, I can't. I can't tell you how excited I am because because we have this platform to share with people all over the globe, really your story. Can you tell me, it's our favorite random question to start the show, which is where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage,
1: or venue? Stadium, Lincoln Financial Center, because I'm an Eagles fan, of course. Best fans in the league. Um, Best venue, I would have to say uh, uh, Red Rock in Denver surprised me. You know, the the acoustics in that place was unbelievable. And as a music lover, I really appreciated that. And of course the Charleston Performing Arts Center here in North Charleston, South Carolina, it feels like a, a family gathering with a huge celebrity performing in front of you. And that venue feels so intimate and to have great music and entertainment in that place. It feels like home. It honestly feels like I'm in my house being entertained personally with a lot of people there. So those, those three are are half, they have to be my top three.
0: So we're gonna to go to Red Rocks. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Red Rocks. I went to school at University of Colorado in Boulder. Um, I was born actually in Denver, a huge fan of Red Rocks, and I know you're a music yes, lover, but we're instead of music fans, we're gonna put hospitality professionals, people that are playing the game within the game, people that listen to this show, we're gonna bring them. And instead of you telling your story, because we know your story, Google knows your story, Netflix <laughs> knows your story, Showtime knows your story. I wanna know, give me two minutes of what are you building next? What's Rodney's Uh, next story?
1: uh, Rodney's next story is to, uh, of course, go to Nashville. Uh, We partnered up with uh, Eric Church, uh, country music professional, singer, uh, award-winning, with a good friend. Um, And we're going to Broadway to open up our first barbecue restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, The unique thing about this particular restaurant is it's going to be on a rooftop. Wow. So this will be our first one on a rooftop. You'll be able to overlook the city and eat barbecue as well from the Carolina perspective in the Nashville location. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited about the the, uh, design ideas that we have set up. Um, And uh, that's what we're kind of focused on next. And who knows from there, you know, uh, if I can take it all over the US, we will. Um, But my partner and I, Nick, we we are constant in discussions and, and we're looking forward to building a whole lot of love through barbecue.
0: So uh, one of the guests that we had on the show, Matt Plapp, he's the CEO of America's Best Restaurants. He, he actually was talking to Guy Fieri and I, I love this story and I want to ask you about it, but he was talking to Guy Fieri about restaurant owners and why don't they tell their story more? Why don't they use the platform to tell their story? Why is it important to tell your story? Um, what Guy Fieri said was when you hear, when you know the journey that a band has been on, the music sounds differently. Yes. When you know the journey that a band has been on, the music sounds differently. When people know the Rodney Scott journey, the barbecue tastes differently. When they know the whole hog story, the barbecue tastes differently.
1: Absolutely. And I absolutely agree with that. It's kind of like me looking at antiques. I see them and it seems like that old truck tells me a story. You know, um, when you know, when We just talked about this just the other night. We were listening to some live music. The girl singing was pretty and she sounded good. When you turn your back, do she sound as good as she did when you were looking at her? And when I turned around, she still sounded the same. But to see them and know where they're coming from, you you you, you it it changes everything. And you know, whole hog's coming from a tiny town like Hemingway, going into all of these different areas and states. You know, it it, it With like, Eric
0: Church and going to yeah. Nashville,
1: to barbecue <laughs> on a rooftop. <laughs> yeah. You know, unbelievable. But I, I totally agree with you. When you know the story, the food tastes different. It, it, you're, you're tasting their region. They're they're growing up. You're tasting their lifestyle. Um, I like to tell people keep cooking from your soul because every time that particular individual creates something, they're giving you a touch of what they know and grew up with. So absolutely tastes different when you know the story. And I think a lot of restaurateurs should tell their stories to make that food taste even better.
0: So you have a unique story because you were so focused on your craft and doing something that gave everything your life's work to the point where somebody from the New York Times came to Hemingway to yeah. blow up your story, to literally put you on the map. Can you talk about that experience?
1: Well, that, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> so, Reggie Gibson, a good friend of mine here in Charleston, was lost one night looking for a quote unquote barbecue restaurant. And the lady said, I don't know about a restaurant, but you can get barbecue if you go the other direction. He came in and he was friends with John T. Edge. John T. Edge, who wrote for the New York Times, came in to visit. Reggie said he told him, you think you've been to the barbecue Mecca? You need to go to this place. John T. comes in, reaches out to me. He does an interview. And and from there, the story just went crazy. And because Reggie thought that it was one of the most amazing sandwiches that he bit into, he told John T, John T came in to see for himself and the rest is just history from there. Um, but it's, it's unbelievable how we got that kind of attention through just you know our food, our whole hog uh, menu and, and bread. It was basically a pork sandwich.
0: There's a a book by Cal Newport, and it's called Be So Good, They Can't Ignore You. And it's based off of a quote from Steve Martin. So the comedian Steve Martin, he was giving an interview to Charlie Rose and Charlie Rose asked him, how did you get so good at comedy? And Steve Martin replied, I'm going to tell you an answer that you're not going to want to hear. And Charlie said, what are you talking about? He said, be so good, they can't ignore you. Yes. Do you feel like your focus on your craft put you on the map, allowed you to have someone tell that story to say, hey, you have to go to Hemingway to come try this whole hog barbecue?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. Because what I used to do, I would sometimes wear my smoked out clothes that smelled really good with smoke <laughs> into some of the most crowded areas like the airport. Um, I remember going to ha- having to go pick up my aunt from the airport. And I came straight from the pits and that aroma was trapped into my clothes. And one one person in the airport says, I don't know where you've been, but it smells like they're doing a great job over there. (laughs) And from that, (laughs) from that I've learned to, when I'm cooking out in public, I have to make sure that the people have to come and see what's going on. Everything from wearing a t-shirt to telling folks who I am, explaining where barbecue can be found. And letting them know, hey, I really enjoyed your food. I'm into this, so I, I try to make sure that our food is always out front, in some way, shape, or form, be it the aroma, the t-shirt itself, or the food. So
0: I've, I've never heard the the smell branding. We say ABB always be branding, but this is the
1: first time that
0: you've incorporated the smell into your brand. I absolutely love it. Can you uh, can you talk us talk talk to us about you know this rapid? Obviously, it's taken such a long time, and I think that's what people don't understand. Is they they see the James Beard Award, they see the Netflix show, they see the Showtime, and they don't see Rodney at eleven. You know, they don't until you read the book, until you you know hear the story. You don't understand. All of those years that came into now, well, how are you partnering with Eric Church? Well, well, I've been spending my whole life dedicated to this craft. Can you talk about, you know, what what do you teach people when, when people think that this overnight success happened, just, just happenstance?
1: Well, I remember somebody comparing me to an overnight success <laughs> and I told him, I said, my overnight took 33 years. Yeah, And you have to understand that overnight doesn't mean overnight. Overnight means you have to diligently work and keep focusing and listening and learning and constantly going after it. At 11 years old, I just wanted to go to a basketball game. That was it. And then, you know, you get older around the 12, the 13, the 15 years old, and you're thinking, why do I have to do this? I hate this. Then here comes 17 years old. You, you learn supply and demand. And you say, what I'm doing is in demand. I should be able to supply it the best that I can. And you just keep pushing. And it's not an overnight success, it's constant work, it's constant movement, dedication, and you have to stay focused and stay away from anything that'll take you off of that track. People will say, oh, it's not that good. That's one person's opinion. You just keep going, you tasted yourself and you got that confidence, you just keep on moving. And for a lot of people, it's it, it wasn't overnight. You know? you know, one guy said to me, uh, he worked with us at the time, he said, man, people think you won this award in a year in all actuality you've been working to get this award for many years and it made me think like yeah overnight is not overnight and and here it is this restaurant's been here a year but the efforts and the hard work have been in there for many years.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of, you know, the, the fable, the, the tortoise and the hare, and you realize that everybody wants to be the rabbit. Everyone wants to be that viral success. You open up the business and all of a sudden lines out the door, James Beard award showtime Netflix, but you realize that the tortoise is the gangster. The tortoise is the real one that shows up every single day with that Mamba mentality, a little bit better every single day. And once you start honing that craft now, you get to the point where you be so good that you can't be ignored.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I, I've always believed in the tortoise. The tortoise has been my friend. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> if it happens too quick, it's over just that quick. So That's the, truth. the tortoise is my man. How do
0: you how do you remain focused? How do you now that you have essentially a reverse funnel of opportunities where now instead of you know, going out and seeking opportunities to grow your brand. Literally every day you're getting bombarded with, Hey, we can collaborate on this. We can do this. We have different brands that want you to do this commercial or this kind of sponsorship. What, what, how do you, how do you remain focused?
1: One of the ways I remain focused is I take time to myself every day. If it's just one hour, I have to take that moment to myself away from the entire world. No cell phone, no nothing. I take an hour. Now, usually that's after work, but throughout the day, I try to stay focused on what do I need to do right now? Next, you know, what's next, what's at 1230, what's at one o'clock. And I try to stay focused on the now and not go too far ahead to get myself confused. And usually that one hour of the day, you're kind of tired that day is just about over. I sit on my porch and one of the things that I like to do is have either some bourbon or a cocktail, So lately, you know, cocktails take time mixing and all that stuff. And you don't want to do that. And and I just decided, hey, look, I'm going to find a way to fix this. And I found this company, Craft House Cocktails, and they make some of the best cocktails. So when my day is over and I need that minute, that one hour to myself and I'm on the porch watching the sunset, I just grab a Craft House cocktail and pour it in a glass and I slowly sip. You got all these seven different flavors to choose from. Can you imagine? There it is. So take that time to yourself, find that love for that one moment or, or that drink of water or whatever you're drinking and relax and, and take a minute. And it helps me to stay focused on going through to the next day. So one thing at a time, a nice drink and some time to yourself.
0: When someone like yourself has done as many different types of media interviews that you've done, what have you learned by doing so much content?
1: Uh, By doing so much content, I've learned not to cuss. (laughs) Uh, Why is that? (laughs) Some people will make you cuss, but I I try to be respectful and and I've learned to uh, try to be clear on what I'm saying and try to be informative to the guests that are listening and also hopefully give them some advice on what I've been through so they can avoid the same mistakes. And one of the main things that I like to try to get across is for them to recognize when you do make a mistake take that as a lesson and not an embarrassment because it can help you with the next thing and going through so many different media posts um it's it's been fun a learning experience it takes me back to the child sitting at home waiting for mom to come while I watch entertainment tonight or some show like that you know that I paid attention to those kind of folks and I feel like they're paying attention to me So I try to be informative and and inspirational whenever I'm doing media stuff.
0: So when when you started writing your book, my my grandfather, he he took the time at the end of his life to to write his autobiography. And I remember certain stories that he used to tell once he started working with, you know, actual uh, ghost writers and started learning about how to tell a story he started adding depth and layers to things that he used to just brush off during the holidays. Yep. Once you started doing the work of actually sharing the story, what, what was the hard part about it and what was the rewarding part about it?
1: The hard part about writing our book was uh, telling the inside stories of the, the internal pains and, 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 and discomforts of family and in, in financial situations. Um, The hard part was saying names, not even names, but describing people that have betrayed or spoke against me along the way. But the best part about it was I said it all. I told it all. And it was very therapeutic to say it. And, you know, when the book was released, I had people walk up to me saying, you said what I was afraid to say. You've really showed me a different way to handle this thing. I want to try to make this situation better. And that, that's the rewarding part, that you touch so many people's lives with your story, and they understand and take it as their own and find a better way to deal with their own personal business and family situations. That's, that's the most rewarding.
0: How did you find the courage? Do you do, you do therapy? Or, or was this, you said the book was therapeutic. I mean, how did you find the courage? Because to talk about fatherhood, to talk about you know, finances, those, those are, that's putting you vulnerable on
1: a world stage. You know, I found the courage through frustration. We were trying to put the, we tried to associate music with every recipe. And we started to tell stories with every recipe that came along. And as the questions kept coming up of, well, how do we describe this chapter? What do we say about this? And how did this come about? I said, well, let me just tell you, let's start over. And then I just went from there. And I was so frustrated. I'll never forget the Sunday morning I was so frustrated with trying to figure it out that me and Lola started discussing it and I was on my porch and I just went through it. And we went, I mean, I think that call was over two hours, but we just went through the entire conversations about recipes and my history and family. And before you know it, this was an option. Do you wanna print this? And I said, yes, absolutely. So it was more frustration of holding it in for so many years and finally getting a chance to say it. And I said, well, let me just go ahead and do it. And the more I said it, and the more I talked about it, the better I felt. And when I stood up from my chair that day, it felt like the world just fell off my shoulders, like it was finally done. So that that's how the therapeutic part kicks in to tell what, was, what I was carrying around for at least three years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I applaud you for the courage, and I've, I've seen the, the response online for how many people respect the fact that you're willing to dive into difficult topics about your father, about being a father yourself, about being in a family business, because, I mean, if, if you think about it, every business is a family business. It <laughs> there's, is. Fam- there's families <laughs> in every business. It doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's Hemingway or a village in Bulgaria like my grandfather. Um, every village is the same.
1: Absolutely.
0: How, you've cooked for so many incredible, impressive celebrities, dignitaries. Can you bring me through, you know, cooking for people like Danny Meyer or David Chang? I mean, the fact that they're praising you at the beginning of your book. I mean, the, it, it, it's got to be rewarding, but bring us back to when you first met Danny Meyer.
1: Man, when I first met Danny Meyer, um, the things they told me, said, this guy's respectful. He's putting on this event. And, and I looked at him and I was like, oh man, I'm kind of nervous, but I can't let him see how fearful I am. And I said, you can't count to 10 without starting from one. So at some point, I'm pretty sure Danny Meyer started at one, like where I am, right? This is the mental thought. This is just me trying to comfort myself. And when I opened my mouth to speak to him and I spoke to him and I said, speak with confidence and try to be calm. And he offered me the opportunity to cook at Big Apple. And I was like, absolutely. When in, in, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sir. But I know to speak with confidence and approach it as one individual at a time. Do your best. Serve him your best. And we'll go from there. And we did. He enjoyed it. And, you know, we clicked from there. And, and it, it a lot, same thing with David Chang. Um, they told me how popular he was, how great he was. And when I met him, I was honored to meet him. Yeah. But I see these guys as human beings and said, I'm gonna try to give you my best food. And and luckily they enjoyed everything.
0: So when you, you're a craftsman, the whole hog is your hog. How does a craftsman pass on his craft to somebody else so that he can scale?
1: A craftsman passes on his pass very, his craft very slowly, very slowly, very patiently. In the very beginning of opening the first restaurant, I had to learn how to teach. And learning how to teach something that's second nature to you is not as easy as you think. So I decided to start to work with these guys as much as possible, hand in hand. And a lot of times they stood there and watched me do it so that they can learn. So you pass it on by telling them as many things as possible, working with them, sharing with them, and try to take notes on everything so you can get a handbook to lead these guys into the next chapter when they're by themselves. So that's what we did. Uh, Nick and I came up with this idea and he said, you should have a handbook. And we got a handbook written and now it's easier for these guys to study what's being done, witness what's being done and to work alongside me and they get it. And that gives me comfort in them going to run operations that are not in my immediate presence. So that helps a lot to work with these guys and be patient and uh, try to take notes as much as possible.
0: So the Pahakis group, restaurant group, you gave an incredible dedication at the beginning of the book to Suzanne. Yes. I know you talk about Nick openly all the time about how much he means to you, how much you guys have done together, what you're planning on do. Can you talk about Suzanne?
1: Suzanne is Nick's wife. And I got to tell you, one of the most patient people I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) Because, dude, Suzanne has been there for us in so many different ways. Like I said in the book, rides to the airport, you know, uh, meals, uh, preparing the guest room for me, all of these, these little things that she did. I remember one time we were working in Birmingham and she was able to send lunch to where I was because I was in, on the, on one of the farms and she brought lunch, you know, so this person... She, I felt like was one of the backbones to all that we do. And, and I didn't tell Nick in the beginning who I was dedicating the book to. That was <laughs> that was a tough secret to keep away from him. <laughs> <laughs> when we got the manuscript, I pulled that page out and gave it. <laughs> and oh said, really? <laughs> yeah, I said, hey, don't show him that. And uh I just felt like she needed to be recognized because my wife was recognized in the book. Nick is recognized. Our head chef Paul and Nicholas, all these guys were recognized in the book, but we didn't acknowledge one of the backbones to all of our lives. Yep. And I felt like Suzanne needed that that recognition, so I decided to dedicate the book to her.
0: Uh, I love that. It's uh, it's very powerful. It's a quick reminder, you know, for me personally, just my wife, my grandmother, my mom. You know, there's so many incredible women behind every man that yes. it's, it's important to to acknowledge and and make that. Make that known, make that known that we, we can't do what we, we do without, without their support. Absolutely. Um, optimism is your key to success. Yes. You made a conscious dedication and now it is your brand. Every day is a good day. Every year is a good year. Absolutely. How do you teach it?
1: You, you show it, you walk in with a smile, you teach every day is a good day by walking in with a smile and that optimism. You, you try to uplift anybody that seems like, oh man, this is going to be tough today. No, it's not. We're going to handle it. It's just a small challenge. You 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 show them by letting them know we've overcome a lot harder situations than this. We got this. Those are other words that I like to use. We got this. Yeah. Anytime they start to get nervous, like, oh, we got a lot of people in the dining room. Not a problem. Let's serve one individual at a time. We're going to make it. and I, And I just try to show them through the 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 long days of cooking and serving when we're doing events how long it is to smile and and, and dedicate a little bit of time to each individual that eats your food um and I tell them I said this is what this is all you need to do serve each meal each plate with a smile you're going to be fine you got this have fun while you're doing it one event I told the guest that was helping us I was like If you dance, when you serve every plate, (laughs) you're passing more than just a plate. You're passing an energy, a setting, a A vibe, a memory that's going to stick with them. Like you're passing a plate while you're dancing and they get it. So you got to pretty much show them that every day is a good day. And it leads into every year is a good year and, and hopefully keeps everybody optimistic about what's going on.
0: How did you meet Eric Church? How did that that relationship happen?
1: I think he found me. I seen him at a golf tournament about a week before we met. (laughs) Okay. And they said, that's Eric Church. I said, oh, it is. (laughs) And he was going the other way and I was going this way. And then we got the message and I was like, okay, Eric Church wants to meet you. He just saw me the other day. It's like, no, he really wants to meet you. Okay, fine. And we met and we had the food set up and everything. And, and he was very interested in talking to us. And one thing led to another and here we are now ready for 23.
0: Can you, can you, in your wildest dreams, imagine you're going to be opening up a business in downtown Nashville with a never, country never music in wildest legend?
1: Dreams. Never, never, never. And, and to go to his shows, it's <laughs> see how many people are in that arena. Right. Oh my goodness, dude. Let me tell you, The people, the energy, and when he sings these boots and one shoe goes in the air across the entire arena. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: What's what's exciting for me is uh, I had Don Poo Cummins, who just opened Brooklyn uh, uh, Chop House on the show. And, you know, they opened up Brooklyn Chop House in 25,000 square feet in Times Square. Wow. But literally, they have every celebrity on earth. They don't go to New York City without going to Brooklyn Chop House, and I feel like Nashville, which you guys are opening, is literally going to be that. It's going to be people on TikTok Live, on Instagram Live. You name the celebrity, they're going to be you know waiting to eat Rodney Scott Barbecue Rooftop. How do you build a pit on the on the roof?
1: Very patiently,
0: Very with, a patiently with, a, with a lot yes. of handshakes, with <laughs> yeah. a, lot of, a lot of county <laughs> handshakes.
1: Yeah, we we let the professionals do what we do, what they right? do. You know, we tell them what we need and, and we let them do what they do. And they, you know, go do their respect. tell you, you
0: can't do that.
1: <laughs> if they say you can I'd be like, why not? You know? Yep. But uh, we, we, we just ask and, and it's better to ask them and tell them what we want and see if we can get it. And chances are, if they can make it happen, we get it.
0: So what is, uh, what, where does Rodney Scott go on vacation? What does he do to wind down? What, what is ideal oh, for you?
1: Uh, va- you want vacation? I want vacation. Rodney Scott on vacation, usually a beach or by a pool somewhere. Uh, This past vacation has been Orlando with the family because I like to take everybody where they we all can enjoy. Yep. Um, We've done vacations on the West Coast with L.A. and San Francisco, uh, you know, making it a road trip between the two cities. Um, We hope to do things like Africa, you know, uh, Australia again. I love to take my son back to Australia and let him witness the other side of the world. But on a day-to-day basis, usually I'm on that back porch watching the sunset over the water with a cocktail in my hand. There you go. So
0: as as you scale and as the team grows, I know one of the hardest things for me as a restaurant owner is now that I'm not boots on the ground, you know, with my team. I don't know everyone's, you know, backstory. I don't, you know, it's it's much more of I have to lead with culture. What is, what is your advice to anybody that's owns a restaurant? One restaurant and is is opening up multiple restaurants.
1: My advice to somebody who's opening up multiple restaurants is to train and trust your people. Um, You, you could, if you have a partner, like I have you, you have them to help you keep an eye on the overall operations of course, but you need to make sure that you train and trust your people. Don't, roll up on them and micromanage them to a point where they don't want to be there. Um, that's where that trust comes in. You want to show them your standards on, on the product that you want to deliver, show them your standards on how you want to treat your guests, let them know what type of expectations that you want them to have towards your guests and their, their visit, their whole experience when they show up to your restaurant, Um, constantly repeating that and telling them on a routine basis. Let's be the best that we could be. Let's deliver the best food. Deliver that food as if you're me. Smile the same way I do, you know, put that plate food on a plate the same way I would. So you want them to kind of emulate this one thing, which is a great overall experience with great consistent food and keep a check on them to let them know, hey, how we're doing, how are things and and repeat all of that and repeat so it's it's constant you have to be patient work with them and, and tell them and give them standards to go by so this book absolutely incredible rodney Scott's thank you
0: wow barbecue if you're watching if you're watching on youtube uh, you can see the photo if you're listening on podcast go go to entrepreneur.com to check out the video but uh, <laughs> the thing i love about cookbooks especially from restaurant owners is there's always somebody that tells a restaurant owner who writes a cookbook that you shouldn't do it because you're giving away the secrets. Don't (laughs) give away the secrets of your business. Why would Rodney Scott put all of his business secrets into here? Why would you do that? What's Uh, the answer?
1: Well, let me give you an example. (laughs) I want you to go outside and build a 1955 (laughs) Chevy truck with a LS engine in it with AC, power windows, bricks and I'm going to tell you how to build it but I want you to go outside and do it immediately now I could tell you this right now but if yes. when you go outside you realize the effort and the work that you have to put in to try to get there it's a different animal Yep. so yep. we're going to tell you but that doesn't mean everybody's going to go out and do it Yep. for those yep. that do you know we appreciate it glad you can enjoy what we do but overall they're still going to come visit you at the restaurant they're still going to be days where they want to just wind down and not go through all that procedure. And that's where we come in to serve it. Yes. We don't come into your house, but that's where you come to us. Really <laughs> get your food.
0: It, it's amazing that when you share the secrets of what you do, it actually draws more people in because then they can appreciate the craft more. And that's what we're, our hope is with people that listen to this show is the more that we share, the more that we're vulnerable, the more that we have courage as restaurant owners, as leaders to share the things of our journey, the more that you connect to people because we're all human. We're all just trying to figure this thing out. No matter how many restaurants you have, whether it's five, whether it's 500, 500 will be a different set of problems than it is at five. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I ain't got no more hair left. For 500. <laughs> more you hair. can try. <laughs> um,
0: can you tell So we, we always encourage restaurant owners to think differently about their profit and loss statements and start to do things like media content, like consumer packaged goods. You have a Spice House collection with Rodney Scott. So now you're Uh, now you're in people's houses right order online you can get spices delivered directly to to your house tell tell us about the collection
1: well first of all that spice house collection and the collaboration that we did with them was one of my first and uh when I saw their spices and the, the efforts that they put into it it reminded me of myself they they put their best in a bottle you know and when when we started discussing things I was like yeah this is a great way to be a little bit more versatile to give people more options to let them know that you can still have your brand and connect with another great brand and and be more recognized be more appreciated for your efforts in the food and beverage industry and you a lot of people feel like oh they're going to take all of this away from me but it's up to you to set yourself and the partnership up in a way that everybody is happy and uh Like, like my partner, Nick, always says, everybody needs to be at least 80% happy. 80%? I like it. Yeah. Sounds like a weird number, but it works. And, uh, that works. Yeah. (laughs) If you are, if if you're collaborating with someone, you know, you make sure you're happy. And for us, it's been Spice House and these guys have been great with us. And the Craft House guys were super nice to send me some stuff. They are amazing as well. Um, It's good to be in everybody's home without having just one or two different little things, but they have a variety.
0: So every single week on Wednesday and Friday, we uh, we host a room on Clubhouse, the audio app and uh, what we like to do. My grandfather, he taught me to stay curious, to get involved, to ask for help. You know, those are things that are pillars of this show. It's pillars of the community that we're building. So people that listen to the show, they come and they support us on Wednesdays, Friday. They share their story, what they're working on in their restaurant or marketing business or podcast business. Um, But we do a special social shout out. And this week, I want to shout out Greg Rempey of the barbecue central show. So Greg Rempey is my podcast mentor. He's been supporting this restaurant influencers show. I can't do it. Um, you know, I'm so grateful for all of his wisdom, all of his advice. The interview that you did with Greg was one of my favorite interviews when I was preparing for this. So I want to give him a shout out for that, but You've given a lot of people shout outs in the beginning of the book, at the end of the book. This is entrepreneur.com. I know you're building out your team. Is there anybody that you'd like to give a special shout out right now? Um, so that when they listen on entrepreneur.com, they can go oh, that. I appreciate that, Rodney. Thank you,
1: man. Wow.
0: Put you on, on blast, right? That, that's serious <laughs> blast
1: right there, man. You know, top of mind. Wow. Top of mind. Of course, my business partner, he's, Nick, yeah. he's doing, he's been amazing with that. Um, wow. Uh, uh, my management guy, Lonnie sweet. He's yeah. He's been amazing. Uh, Lonnie sweet. Lonnie sweet is he's, he's. How did you, me meet, how did you meet Lonnie? Word of mouth looking for management and we get, we got a recommendation and I was yeah. like, okay, let's see about this guy. And him and Charlie, they, they've been amazing with me. Um, whoo, you stumped me with that one. <laughs> Stop me on the one yard line. I thought I was about to score. <laughs> you were about to just go right in in zone down. Um man, there's so many. I can't, there anything, but there there are a lot of great entrepreneurs. But I'll say to those that are listening, you know, stay focused, do your thing, uh, yeah, stay confident. Um, keep growing, sky's the limit. And uh I've ran into people wanting to start company, people with companies that already started, people with individual. Uh, businesses that want to extend their brands. So yeah, to all of them. Um, Yeah. I I can't call a name right now.
0: Well, we're going to put links in the show notes for the book for the spices for your restaurants. um, So people can connect with you on social media. Uh, If you guys want to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. And that's LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the fun places. Um, Rodney Scott, you, uh, I feel like you're just getting started, man. It's the, it's, the coolest, it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, as somebody that's owned a barbecue business in San Diego, like I told you before the interview started, your, your name has been reverberating across the internet. I've known what you're doing. I've been, I've been just so, so enamored with this incredible legend. You know, we talk about how does a story become a legend? The story becomes a legend when the story is so good that other people tell it and other people tell it in real life and they tell it online and they tell it in media and then it becomes legend. But then the thing I love about you is that you don't let it get to your head. Like you're just ready. You're like, you're just a normal guy that says, dude, I got to put more work in. I'm just getting started. I haven't done anything yet. You think you've seen what I built in 51 years. Wait till you see the next 51 years.
1: Oh man, ain't seen nothing yet. I'm gonna learn how to do this one day. <laughs> I
0: I, I've, I heard the interview where you called out the crazy clown. You said I'm I'm going after McDonald's. If McDonald's yeah. can be served all over the world, why can't Rodney Scott barbecue? That clown is selling cheeseburgers worldwide. <laughs> why can't we sell barbecue worldwide? That's what I'm talking about. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Rodney Scott, you're the beginning, just, just getting started. Absolutely honored to have you on the show. Thank Thank you for your time. I can't wait to visit your restaurants. Can't wait for some West coast openings. We'll be on the lookout. Thank you so much, Rodney. We appreciate (laughs) you. We'll we'll make sure uh, every day is a good day. Thank you for leading and uh, being such an incredible inspiration to so many people.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: And a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant. Cali Barbecue It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show. People like Sam, the cooking guy, Stacy Poon Kinney, Jeff Alexander, so many times the guests tell us that they're using Toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview. That is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show. We want you to win. You that listen to this show, we want you to improve your digital hospitality. Toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you. Toast is the restaurant first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept, or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use, and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about Toast, please DM me at Sean P. Walchef, S H A W N P W A L C H E F. I will get you the link to the right toast contact in your market. It's so important that if you listen to this show that you win. We want you to be on this show eventually. Let us know that you heard the show. You heard about toast. You implemented toast. You did a toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your toast story with us. DM me today to learn more and be sure to check out toast.